the long and short of it is I was like, forget church, forget these people, forget God. Like, I'm done. And he started praying for me. And we'd never met in person. Um, he had started praying for me. He had started, you know, doing things that, like, showed me what a godly man was supposed to do. Wow. And then at one point I was, like, crying, and I'm just, like, done. And he was like, you're not done. You just need a covering. You should let me cover you. You're listening to the Redefining Wealth Podcast with Patrice Washington. This is the space that you come to each and every week to learn more about what it means to chase purpose, not money. Now, what you should know is this is not a traditional personal finance podcast. And really, I don't even know if I can call it that anymore. But this is a space where we believe that wealth is so much more than just money and material possessions. We believe and live by the original definition of wealth, which says it's all about the condition of well-being. And so that means it is so important that as you seek money and career goals and all that other stuff, that you still understand it is important that you are well in every part of your life. Because if not, it is eventually going to impact your finances. And I'm so excited today to just continue this entire season talking about redefining love. I'm super excited about the couple that is with us today because their love story is going to inspire me and you to redefine love for ourselves in this season. Um, And I can't wait. So before we get to them, let's get to the affirmation of the week. You know, you got to speak positivity into your life, into your day. You gotta affirm positivity. You gotta affirm abundance. You gotta affirm yourself to wealth. This week's affirmation is I am recovering what was lost. Despite a colorful or chaotic past, I believe that I can regain possession of the things I feel were divinely assigned to me, not just from my generation, but from generations that flow through my DNA. Loss is a part of life, but I make a conscious decision that the impact of loss does not have to be permanent. I refuse to allow scarcity to be my portion and move forward expecting my purpose to walk me straight into abundance. I am open to the relationships and resources put on my path to help me salvage what is mine skillfully, strategically, and spiritually. Declare with me today, I am recovering Everything that was lost. Okay, I'm super excited to introduce you to this amazing couple. They are one of my favorite couples on Instagram. Uh, Kenyon and Takara Martin are three-time authors, content creators, and award-winning writers. They are leveraging their education in theology, psychology, and Christian counseling to write books, design programs, and services to help individuals and couples break toxic relationship habits. Mm-hmm. and learn the habits of healthy love. Today, Kenyon and Takara are expanding their media creation into scripted podcasts and love stories that serve the same purpose, promoting healthy love. Without further ado, here are 
Kenyon and Takara Martin. Yay! Pew, <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Redefining Wealth Podcast. Thank, Thank you, you for having Happy us. I'm so excited. We're excited. No. And nervous, but excited. <laughs> nervous? No. Yeah, we don't leave the house. This is like us at home in our basement, our old basement, and just like talking. So now we have to leave and get dressed and... You know, put on bras and uh, stuff. Honey, like. they are they are dressed alike. Y'all are matching. They came in cute. She's like, honey, how do I look? He's like, you look beautiful. Oh, my like, God. I got to be able to see you from this angle. I said, honey, I want that for me one day. I love seeing the example. So I just want to start with your love story because I understand that both of you may have experienced toxic relationships in the past. Yes. Before this. Okay. Yes. So who's gonna who's gonna break down the love story? Let me start with Kenyon, and then you tell the truth because he's he gonna might make tell me do it. Different. He's gonna, he make, gonna me make you do it. Yeah, yeah. I, she she always takes the love story. Okay. <laughs> take take the love story. How did you two connect? Facebook. Um, we had mutual friends on Facebook for years. Um, did not like each other. It's that traditional cliche of oh she got a big mouth. I don't like her. Oh he's arrogant. I don't like him. Um, and it really started out as he was arrogant. I did not like him, but I respected him. Mm. Um, and you know we were married to other people during a time, and he would just always be that guy that's like putting out relationship content and like stuff like that. And um, he went through a divorce. And while he was, you know, going through his healing process and everything, I was going through some stuff on my end and I started seeing him put out more content that was really more so like book worthy. And so I was like, yo, like marketing is my love language. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, okay, I don't like you, but I love what you're doing. And I could tell that with the right like move and guidance, like we could get a book out of you. Like, can you help, like, allow me to market you, do your, you know, PR, whatever? Like, can I help? And he was like, sure. And so the relationship really started. When you get to know someone from a marketing perspective, you have to really also dig underneath and right. get to know them, too. Um, he didn't know that I was going through stuff in my marriage at the time. And so it was just, like, really just getting to know him. And then once I had decided to, like, really get divorced, it came a point where I was in church and I was trying to navigate the situation in church. And like most church situations, they don't let you really get divorced in peace. Baby. Um, <laughs> like <they don't. laughs> you, you really can't get divorced in peace. And so I was called names. I was attacked. I was, and I, you know, um, things were said. And the long and short of it is, I was like, forget church, forget these people, forget God. Like, I'm done. And he started praying for me. And we'd never met in person. Um, he had started praying for me. He had started, you know, doing things that, like, showed me what a godly man was supposed to do. Wow. And then at one point I was, like, crying, and I'm just, like, done. And he was like, you're not done. You just need a covering. You should let me cover you. Okay, well, wait. Well, Kenyon, at this point, what were you thinking? You were just like, oh, this is my marketing oh. friend. Like, how? <laughs> I like this story. No. <laughs> like, no, I like what she tell it. Um, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm watching her go through these changes, transition from um, helping me to now there's things pouring out in her life that, that she 
can't contend with. And then being beat up, going from there to a divorce where she's being um, beat up and being um, accosted by the ministers, the head ones, because she was already leading worship. So she was really, I mean, I guess her husband at the time was also a minister, which doesn't surprise me. But the the big... <laughs> we'll get back. Uh-huh. Oh, no doubt. But the big issue is, is that she was going from situation to situation to circumstance and getting more bruised and battered than cared for. So in my perspective, I'm looking at her, I'm saying, I'm saying the only reason why you're going through these things is because you don't have a covering. No one respects your ex and everybody, but everyone wants to keep you locked and loaded because you're doing something for them. So here's the thing. You don't have to do nothing for me. Let me do something for you. And so my goal at the very first was to stand in the middle. Anybody want to see her, see me. Then as I began to learn her through that process, I began to realize like this woman is a wife. I've had my shares and situations. I have my shares of toxic situations. Um, I don't like to talk too much about those. The only reason why is because I like to own my own stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, I knew who she was. And I had to interview her a little bit more just to make sure that she was she was a wife. I didn't know she was mine. So I had to interview her to make sure that there was a connection there. A- after she was going through whatever she was going through and after I was supporting her, because you gotta you gotta be very sensitive there also. I believe husbands are healers, but men are managers. We have to be or or leaders, we have to manage what's going on around us. And some people aren't ready to be properly covered. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Some are not, you know, to be honest, women fall in love with the knight in shining armor. That wasn't my intention. So the idea was let me stand in the middle first, learn more about her, and make sure that as we transition from place to place, from business to social to connecting, that she's going to be healthy or that I can deal with where she's not healthy. And then we met in person. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much here. There's so much here. Okay, and you met in person, and when you met in person, what were your first like impressions? Oh, by the time we met in person, she was I, she was mine. I, like literally, no, like it was in gate. Like it was just we're just gonna do the formality of meeting, but like you're about to be my wife. Like, yeah, this, was, this, there was no yeah there, there was no sec two or three ways about it. You got to understand though. You got to understand in the middle of us going through these things. She got out of a bad relationship. I was already out of a bad relationship. Mm -hmm. So we were so fed up with relationships. We were brutally honest with each other Mm -hmm. and brutally honest with with life in general. Neither one of us cared if we ever got married again. Neither one of us, I was in Ohio, she was here, and neither one of us even, I was like, you know, there were conversations we would have. I was like, well, if if you like me, that's great. If you're going to marry me, you better be used to traveling because I'm not going nowhere. Like you know, we, we were, were we were just, we were brutal, but we were also brutally honest about our hurts. Mm-hmm. Our, uh, we was transparent about our idiosyncrasies. We knew our flaws. We knew where we had problems and we knew what other people couldn't deal with regarding us. Mm-hmm. So by the time we saw each other, all that stuff was um, resolved as far as I was concerned, because I knew I was the man for that. I knew I was the man that could deal with that. 
um, I knew that she was the woman who can, who, how do I put this? I'll say it the best way I can. I knew she was the woman that deserved me. And that's, and, and that, that's a hard say because it sounds kind of arrogant. arrogant. It doesn't to me, though. But it's one of those things where in my past, because of the Facebook stuff and because of how I come across or education or whatever, in my past, I've had either people fall in love with the, the idea, idea of me, my persona, but not who I am. Yeah. Because really, I'm a... Uh, I, I like my space. I have a bubble. I don't like, I'm, I'm really kind of introverted. Uh-huh. And I, I just have a lot of little quirks. I'm a kid inside, right? <laughs> and she, she, she was able to navigate them very quickly. And yeah. she also pulled out the best in me. When, one of the, when we first met, outside of you know me proclaiming and that she's mine, planting my flag or whatnot, when we first met, we started writing. I started writing the first book, and it, it didn't, it's still in the works mm-hmm. because so many things happened since then. But she brought, she was able to bring things out of me that I didn't know was in me. Mm. And so I, w- I just realized that, whoa, I mean, she's complete, I'm complete, we're completely okay like this, but. You know what? What I love about this story, though, is that it shows that you can move forward while in the healing process because yes. I think a lot of times, you know, I talk to people, especially women in my DMs now that I'm more vocal about mm-hmm. my own, you know, um, life transitions and all yes. this stuff. And they're like, well, I just need to take some years to myself. And I'm like, uh-huh. Oh, you know, because people are telling me like, you're saying you want a date with intention and you just got divorced. I'm like, well, I've been doing work on myself for years. Right. The thing is, I now own all the things that you listed. Absolutely. So I don't feel like I have to hide the idiosyncrasies or the, you know, the best parts of me or the worst. This is me. Mm-hmm. I'm clear about what I bring. And I want somebody that's willing to be the man for the job because I'm going to be the woman for the job because exactly. you have your own stuff, too. doesn't mean that I'm not actively healing and moving forward. But I think sometimes we create this idea that I have to heal from all my childhood trauma, all my past relationship hurts, all my church hurt, all my things. And yeah. then someone will appear. And I think if you're already doing the work, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And I think as you do the work, the, the right person appears because they appear as a part of that work. Yes. You know they appear as a part of that work. Absolutely. And that's and I'm still healing, I think. Once you come from abuse, you never really unlearn the habit that you um, developed of navigating people and their personalities and their quirks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, we actually posted something on Instagram today as far as being in abusive relationships. And I've been in two, mm-hmm. um, one physical and one mental and emotional. It's it's the situation of you have to literally become a mind reader yeah, and everything that you do because you don't know how that person's going to respond from minute to minute, from day to day. And you learn to wake up and watch and you learn to not make a fuss because you don't want to upset them. You learn, you know, different things. And so, whereas in the beginning I was honestly part, look at being a good wife is who I am. Like I'm good. I'm dope at being a good wife. Like I know that that's one thing. But the other side of it is when we started our relationship, I was very much afraid 
to be me in terms of living in a space with another person. Mm -hmm. And so I was afraid to ask for help. I was afraid, you know, things like the house was like falling apart when we first got married in terms of just like all this stuff going on because I wasn't asking for help. Like I wasn't asking for anything. I'm just like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to make sure he's happy here because I don't want him to leave. I don't want him to leave me like everybody else did. And he's literally in part of that, like, yeah, I can own who I am. And I was great with who I was with him. But there was still that trauma response of yeah. not wanting to upset the boat and make him leave me again. And so he had to come in and literally walk with me every single day from girl sit down somewhere and ask me for help and fussing at me to now, you know, I and I brag about it because I deserve this. I've earned this. Right. Yeah. I brag about at the end of every day. He works in his room. I work in my office. You know, and he makes sure that I come home mm -hmm. to the bedroom to a relaxed and quiet space. There's music playing. There's candles lit. The bed is made because I my brain doesn't stop. And that immediately when I walk through those doors, he makes sure the doors are closed. So I have to open the door. And I know as soon as I walk into that space, it's to remind me to calm to relax, mm -hmm. to chill. And that's like literally, especially at this new house, he, he loves it. Like it's just that has now become part of his help in me healing through everything that I've been through. Is it his responsibility to heal me? No, but he completes the work. He helps complete the work. I love that. So, you know, I've had some very interesting dating <laughs> <laughs> dating experiences yeah, um, in couple. these last year and some change or so. And in one of them, I told a gentleman, I said, when you do this thing, it is triggering because this is very similar to what I experienced. And he said, I will not be held responsible for things that your ex did. And I said, I'm not holding you responsible for it, but it would be important for you to be mindful of it because our, our, isn't the goal to create a safe environment for us both? Absolutely. And he continued down that path and that was in and out this was a oh, very yeah. quick thing but i was like uh sir i'm not saying that you did it but why would you want to keep adding to it i don't understand that uh how are you so aware and present black man uh, <laughs> <laughs> of all these things have you been in therapy and like um, what have you done I kind of sideways my way into therapy because when I when I had my divorce and was crushed during that time um after all was said and done what I ended up doing was trying to figure out what went wrong my way now my way is education so I went straight to school my whole thought process was I'm chasing God and I'm chasing people. So theology and psychology, that's where my head was. And so that put me in therapy because you got to have therapy in order to be somewhat a therapist or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, it was a place of, because when I talked to myself, my, my therapist, he said, you're pretty self-aware. And so I grew in that and I became more self-aware. And way more self-aware. So when you're self-aware, when you're self-aware as a man, nothing else can shake you because you know who you are. The problem is with between men and women mm -hmm. is that a lot of men don't really know who they are because they expect their money, um, their their athleticism, or their comp, com, com, competition or whatever venue they are, or 
sexual their, prowess. their sexual prowess to define them. And when those things aren't there, they don't know who they are. So taking information from a woman like is, is like telling him what to do. Yes. And so then he, come, he becomes defensive about that. It really blows my mind how many, I'm, I sit up and watch, I can watch TikToks and Reels all day, right? It, it blows my mind how people rescue dogs, right? Mm. And they'll get on the floor, the dog is afraid, is growling, is doing all, they'll get on the floor and they will change their level and accommodate where that dog is in order to make that dog comfortable enough to come to a safer place. But we can't do that with people. You mean? Well. And, 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 it, was, it, and it wasn't that person's responsibility or, or that person didn't do it to the dog, but right. that person is a part of healing. You said something really interesting. You said you don't believe I'm responsible for healing. Now, men aren't generally responsible are not generally responsible, but the husband is. The husband is going to be the one that takes responsibility for your continued healing. We're complex creatures. We're going to be healing for the rest of our lives yeah. from our parents, from exes, mm -hmm. from bullying, from all kinds of different scenarios. There has to be someone there that's not going to always lift us up, but carry us through. And a man has to be willing to do that. If he's not willing to do that, he's not the one. Babe. Be. You know what? I'm happy for you, sis. Thank you yes. so much, girl. I'll be like, okay. And I just, never mind. Say. No, no, say what you're going to say. Uh, I don't know no, if you wanted to say it. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, no, you can say, I'm, you can 40, say I'm 41 years old. I just hit my prime. Trust me, I appreciate every piece of this yes. man. Look at I understand. I'm 42. I, <laughs> I understand. I was like, listen, I'm, this is... If I would have had this when I was younger, I probably couldn't have appreciated it the same. So right now, right. I am fully thankful. <laughs> right. As am I. <laughs> I am like, you are, you are blowing my mind. Okay. And this is every day with him. Like, it's just not just like, oh, he turns it on for a podcast. No, like, he wakes up like this. Yeah. And how do you wake up? Not like that. <laughs> not like that. I, because we do, we do sleep in separate bedrooms. Do you? We yes. do. We do. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So um, I snore. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's part of the issue. It started with the fact that I snore. And so um, into our marriage, it would turn into like him going to sleep in the living room on a couch. And eventually just like the spare bedroom became his room. But we started out was because my love language is touch. And so I'm how it started was like, listen. As long as you're here when I fall asleep, that's fine. And so he would always make sure I'm there, even if it's just like to wrap a leg around him until I fall asleep or whatever, like he's there. Once the snoring starts, he's gone. Um, and so, and that's just, and now it's just become a part of our norm, though, because we recognize we wake up differently and we move about our day differently in the mornings. Like I'm up by 5.30 most of the mornings. Like I'm in my office, I'm, you know, clearing he out said emails. 7.38. He's at 7.38. Uh -huh. So like I'm up. Mornings. Yeah, he's not the morning person, but I'm up. I'm, I'm definitely having my coffee. I don't want to talk to anybody. Okay. But like I'm up and I'm at least getting my day started and I know I have to have certain things done by a certain time every day. Whereas him, he wakes up 7.38, you know, he day trades. So like that's his thing. And then he comes in, greets me in the morning, make sure I take my blood pressure pills. Like, and just like, that is his thing. Like, he comes in, we hug every morning. Um, we give each other a hug and a kiss um, every single morning. And then, you know, we go about our day. We close out the day together. Like, but 
we don't get sick of each other, I think, because everybody would be like, how do y'all work together and stay in the same house? Well, we're in different spaces. Well, how do y'all not sleep in the same bed and stay connected? Well, we stay connected all day. And so whether it's text messages, it could be shooting memes back and forth all day. It could be just like, I love you so much. It could be me sending dirty messages because I do that a lot. Good for you. Like, I'm in my prime, guys. Um, (laughs) And so, like, I do, like, and it's just all day. So we stay connected. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, my God, I can never not sleep with my husband. I'm like. Have you even tried, though? Have you tried it? But also, yeah, maybe it's just not for you. But, like, we have a much more productive environment in the mornings and how we move about our day because we're not beholden to somebody else's standards of what we're supposed to be doing. I love that though because it comes back to that radical honesty or just that brutal honesty where Mm -hmm. if you feel like you can just tell your partner that's that's the thing I feel like was missing for me a lot of times I would have ideas or thoughts or whatever but I didn't always feel safe to voice them Mm -hmm. because voicing things in the past turned into Mm -hmm. stonewalling, silent treatment, you know, passive aggressiveness, like all this stuff. So it was better off just not being said. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize it really until after I separated how conditioned I was. Mm -hmm. So if you would have asked me several years ago if I felt like, you know, I was being mentally or emotionally abused or manipulated or anything, I no, because I felt like I had a really great life, but Mm -hmm. I had a great life. Mm-hmm. So because I had a wonderful career and a lot of travel and I mean, I loved everything that I did. It was easily um, for me easy to avoid or it was undetectable. In a mm-hmm. lot of ways, it was like, oh, I just don't, I don't bother him with that. Like, or I'm not I'm not about to go there. But it just became a normal part of my life. Not anything that I even saw as potentially being toxic. Mm-hmm. So at what point did you guys even realize with your past relationships? Oh, this is uh, did you know to call it toxic? Because I feel like that's a word that we use now. Right. But it's not something I would have said in 2008. No. no. It, um, it's like a, a car accident. You never really feel the pain until after you've walked away. And so I know I didn't know until I looked retrospectively and said, oh, that's what was going on with me. Oh, that's what was happening. Um, oh, these are these are the some bad decisions that I've made. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I took that and said, okay, not again, never again. And that's just how you go, or that's how I dealt with it. Yeah, um, I think for me, absolutely not, especially as a woman, right? Because we've been conditioned from, I know for me growing up in the church to just be silent anyway. Yeah. And so, no, I definitely didn't think so. But when I started to realize the isolation, you know, we were a blended family. Like I was isolated from my children um, and things like that. And then I would go to my pastors like, okay, something's not right. And it was like, I feel crazy because they're looking at me like, it doesn't really seem like it's all that bad. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, do you not understand? Like, you know, there are certain things that I, that I would then be able to, and then because Y'all say I got tall person personality. I got big energy. You walked in like you were six feet. I know. Five foot. I'm five foot zero. Uh And so with that, though, because my personality is big, people assumed that maybe because she's not submitting enough, 
You need to be quiet more. You need to have sex with him more. Like, you need to do all these things. Um, and then it came down to, like, we're going to give him a job title in the church, and it's going to make him a better husband once he feels important and needed. And I'm like, no, no, no. I need him now, like, at home. Like, this is – and so it turned into all of that. And so eventually I had to go to a therapist, and I – it had to be God that gave me the revelation. I ended up going. There was a therapist I had um, at Emory University, and she was a therapist specifically for pastoral care. So she basically counseled pastors. That was her job, and I went to her. And I'll never forget, we did two sessions with her. Um, and, of course, we let him go first because you didn't want to upset things and make it seem like I was there to tattletale. Mm -hmm. So you let him go first. I won't go into the details. And then the second time I went um, and it was my turn to speak. And when we left, um, she called me the next day and she was like, are you OK? Mm -hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, because and the last time we went back, she basically my therapist ripped my ex-husband a new one, basically. and was like, this is what you're supposed to be doing as a husband. And at that point. Obviously, those things were done. And it ended, and she's the one that had to then walk me through. She got me mentally strong enough to say, okay, I think I want a divorce. Because she had to literally point out everything that I would tell her. You know, she was, she was situation-based. So I would, she would give me a, you know, tell me about a scenario where this has happened. How did you respond? How did he respond? She was like, do you understand this is abuse and this is trauma? And she had to walk me through that. And if it wasn't for her getting me mentally strong, um, you know, we worked with a lot of women coming through um, our program when we were coaching women. And it was like just bumping up and saying I'm leaving is easy. That's easy. But once you're out of that, many women end up going back because you literally, I love that word, have been conditioned to survive and exist in that toxicity. And so if I don't believe if it wasn't for me going to therapy and getting mentally fit yes. to make that decision, I never would have left or I would have kept going back. Mm -hmm. And so I literally had to have someone handhold and walk me through that to help me understand this is what this was. That's why we start with the fit pillar here. So mm. out of the six pillars, the fit pillar is about being mentally and physically well. Mm. And I recognize, uh, you know, I would tell people well before, like, I physically said this is done. I didn't I wasn't working out or going to therapy for that reason. Right. But it definitely helped, like, getting stronger in those ways. And I finally decided to not go to a Christian counselor mm -hmm. when I moved back to uh, Georgia from California. And the reason was every time we went to a former pastor of ours or, you know, had a Christian counselor, it was always on me. I feel like it was always directed towards because I have – you know, a strong yeah. presence and personality, it's instantly like, you're not submitting. Mm -hmm. You're not doing that. But submitting to what? <laughs> like, submitting to what? Well. No, but I'm like, <laughs> that's that's not it. Because I'm actually, I'm wife material. Yeah. I know I'm wife Thank material. You. I know. I even went through a season, you guys, where I would question if I was feminine. Mm. I'm like, maybe I'm just super masculine. And I, and I would say this to myself, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember probably a year or so um, into this, I say it to one of my friends, uh, Rachel, and her husband overheard that. And she said he was like, what is she talking about? She's one of, like, your most feminine 
friends. Like, I've never thought of her as this. So I said it to a few other people, and they're like, I've never thought of you. Right. As, right. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, may, I, I don't know what it is, but it definitely wasn't that. But I was desperately trying to find what is it. And I think it's something similar to what you said earlier when someone is not clear man is not really clear on his true identity but everything is caught up in the job title the cars you drive how big your house is like all of these things what i know to be true about me is i am patrice washington through and through with or without a big house Mm -hmm. in a camry or in a you know a benz and a this or that i feel very clear that I'm living in my purpose and what God called me to do. And even before, you know, my platform blew up, I was still this person. Mm -hmm. I still behave the same way. I still talk to people the same. So whether we have highs or lows financially, it doesn't change my personality is what I'm saying. And what I feel like I experienced um, and what wasn't being acknowledged by a lot of the Christian counselors and pastors was why are we not getting to the root of some identity stuff here all you keep doing is insinuating that I need to be more intentional with date night. Because, like, listen, if y'all give me another date night assignment, <laughs> I'm sorry. But here's the thing, though. Um, they have boxed answers. It, it, it blows my mind how people who deal with the invisible God can't deal with intangible emotions. They have boxed. You're supposed to be a, even a Christian counselor. They have these boxed answers because their agenda is based upon some scripture that hasn't even been explained to them correctly or hasn't been exegeted properly or brought all the way out. The issue is a man who can't lead will always be frustrated by a strong woman. A man who can't lead will always be aggravated by someone who doesn't just kowtow to him just because he is a man. And we are, first of all, we're human beings. You're thinking, you're thinking human being, all of us are autonomous. You don't go to work and think that someone should kowtow to you or someone should do, but you treat women this way, right? Mm-hmm. And what happens, every, every single one of those situations, a man exposes himself as not a leader. Mm. Why is she not submitting to me? What is she submitting to? Let's start asking questions. Are you leading? Where are you leading? What are you leading? What are what are what is your what is your mission statement for yourself? Not that you have to have one, but yeah. where do you see yourself going at? What is your mission statement as a husband? What is your job as a husband? Well, I'm supposed to be the leader, the head. No, so many want to be Christ like Christ is to the church, but really what they want to be is God. And so what they want to do is develop hells when they really should be sacrificing themselves for their wives until she is, is healed. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, not whole sacrifices. I know a lot of people is going <laughs> to see that and cringe and think that, well, the man does all the work. No, the man does all the work first. That's what leaders do. Leaders take the most arrows in the back. Leaders trailblaze. Leaders go first. And so if you want something out of your woman, you show her. You exemplify that. Mm -hmm. You let her follow you. When she doesn't follow, that's when you have a problem. And you say, well, if you want to go right, I'm going to go this way. This week's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Now, if you've been following the Redefining Wealth podcast, then you have definitely heard me say, 
that your business, your career, your finances, they're only going to grow to the extent that you're willing to do the work and heal. Now, I know that it's so easy to get caught up in the busyness of life and what other people need from you and what they demand from you. But I also have recognized that my healing was the only way that I was going to get to the wealth and well-being that I desired. And when I truly, truly decided to lean in and redefine wealth for myself, the very first place that I started with was the fit pillar. And it was by prioritizing going to therapy. Therapy has given me the tools that I needed to not just find more balance, but harmony in my life so that I could keep supporting others, but without burning out and leaving myself behind. It's allowed me to heal different childhood traumas, transition through the many seasons of life with more ease, more grace, and more peace, and even connect with friends and family and colleagues on a deeper level. So if you've ever considered going to therapy, I mean, even just a little bit, then I want to encourage you to give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient and flexible and really fit with whatever your schedule is. To get started, all you have to do is fill out a quick questionnaire um, to get matched to a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I truly believe that your healing could be on the other side of simply asking for help. So what are you waiting for? Your healing depends on this. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Just visit betterhelp.com slash RW today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash RW. Kenyon, so you know you guys sent me that clip that um, I love. So you guys, <laughs> I did the interview on Anthony O'Neill's show. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a few clips that went viral. And one of them in particular is where I'm saying that I desire a man with a vision mm-hmm. and who has a big vision and we can leverage who I am. And I don't mean who I am as Patrice Washington, the platform. I'm not talking about that. I mean, literally just who I am as a person with like what gifts, what talents, what wisdom, charm, charisma, whatever to help further the vision. And people took that a million different ways. And oh, yeah. and the men in the comments, and I know you didn't want to cuss them out for me, sis. She was like, hey. I wanted to. I was ready to fight. Me and my little five foot stuff. I was ready to fight. Yeah. Like the men in the comments, I feel like there were so many men who were exposing themselves because you're essentially saying you must not have a vision or something. I don't know why a woman saying I want to take what I have, what has been deposited in me and add it to what you're doing. A man doesn't need a woman to fulfill his vision. I mean, I got tagged in so many things. I just stopped looking at the comments. I didn't even go to YouTube. I watched it, but I like condensed it so Mm -hmm. I could just see some of the interview, but the stuff that the men were saying, did you see any of those comments? I did. I, I did not. I no. I advised him not to because he would have <laughs> went in too. Like he's no. a verbal wordsmith. Like he would have gone no. in. The things that they were saying about, oh, she's not submissive. No, if you have a vision, I'm saying I'm going to, I want to line up with the vision. Well, here's the thing. First of all, submission is for a wife, not for a girlfriend. Bloop. So that's, that's number one. If you want to see a woman exercise submission, you watch her in her daily life and how she's able to navigate that life. Because it's also 
it's also um, given. It's not ordered. That's the first thing. Yes. It's given. Willingly. And you got to understand women only give to safe places. If you're not safe, I knew it. <laughs> if you're not safe, then she's not going to give there. Now, real what? Go ahead. No, and no, say you, you finish. Real quickly, what I want to say is that in the social media spectrum, when it comes to men and women, we talk about our preferences. And whatever preference we have, um, someone else is getting um, triggered by them because what our, hum- our human instinct is to avoid rejection. So when you say all of your preferences, every man who doesn't meet it will always get triggered. Because they're avoiding that mental rejection that they have in their head. And whomever they're talking to, they hope they don't see you. Because they know when we're absolutely honest with ourselves, we can say, she's, she's not my type. I don't meet her standard. Mm-hmm. I'm not tall enough, figuratively speaking. Mm-hmm. And men don't want to do that because we're threatened by that. We're threatened by not being enough. Now, part of that is culture. Part of that is how they're raised in old traumas, but also a part of that nowadays is about this level of feeling that we're entitled to a woman to do things for us just because. And they're angry when you say, no, I won't. I'll do it for the right one. And that's, that's where what they're I angry said. At. The right man. Exactly. Didn't say every man. Exactly. Even with some women who wanted to go back and forth, right? Um, you're waiting on a man. Ma'am, first of all, look me up mm. or come over to this page. Google me, girl. I'm yeah. not waiting. <laughs> right. I know that I'm going to live a purposeful life with or without a man. My preference and desire is to be in partnership, is to be in relationship because I am a wife. And I'm clear about that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to act like I'm not to make y'all feel better. Like, I'm very clear. Exactly. And this is my preference. Now, if you want to share your preference, pick up a microphone. Exactly. And put it out there. And women who get mad at that, what they're really railing against is the idea that they don't have a standard. What they're Mm -hmm. railing against is that they don't have a preference. So they're either stuck along or or with someone they don't want that they settled for and invested in. And now they have to protect that. So they're going to get mad at you. You, you see, so when you see all those comments come at you, just see who they really are. See them for what they really are. People who are uncomfortable with you being you. Great, because I don't have to have you in my life anyway. I'm That's sorry. A, no, Go ahead, it's good. I just like, <laughs> I would like to dispel a myth that confident and strong and powerful women are not submissive. Yes. Mm. Or that we don't want to submit. Let me. Well, he just talked about leadership. It's sexy to me. Let me yes. tell you, so you got my pot boiling. <laughs> Leadership is sexy. And for a woman, I would say like us, mm-hmm. that's what we submit to. And that's what we run towards. Like, it's not even like something that is like, oh, my God, he's a leader. I don't. No, we run towards that. And we consider, I don't know, for me, I'll speak for Takara. I consider it an honor yeah. to submit to this man. It is my gift. Like, it's my reasonable service. Because of the leadership that he exhibits in the home and the safety that he has provided in the home has nothing to do with how much money he makes, has nothing to do with all just the stuff that he does to wine and dine me or whatever. But he cooks, girl, he cooks real good. (laughs) But it's everything that he does from an intangible perspective to lead me in the word, as well as just as a husband, as a man in our home. And I would never, 
ever look at a woman and just because she has an appearance of being strong and say like, oh my gosh, she must not want to submit. She's single because she just don't want to submit. No, it's just going to take a strong leader for me to come up under him the way that we're supposed to. You know, I've found in this season of dating that I, I sometimes feel afraid for people to even Google me before I actually have a chance to get to know them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, where, you know, if they'll meet me, or especially if they meet me in a work-related thing, um, it's like that's cute or attractive until they Google and probably start finding all kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and then make all these assumptions about, yeah, you probably don't listen, you're not submissive, you don't do this, you don't do that, or whatever. I'm like, you didn't even give it a chance, bro. But you also showed your... You know, you're narrow showing his yeah. weakness. You showed your weakness. Everything like. that he's saying in the back of his mind that you're not is something that he can't handle. So let him Google. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let him talk to Google because a person who wants to be a student of you will go to that school. Mm. A person who just wants to find a fact <laughs> will Google it. Both of us was like, oh, okay. <laughs> You know, that's one of the things I have written down. I want someone who's wildly curious about all things Patrice. Yes, yes absolutely. Yes. And, you and willing that. to take the time to explore. A quick Google search, none of those things that you find professionally are ever going to tell you about who I really am. That's none one of aspect of who I am. None of it. Just like, like Wikipedia doesn't tell you everything that Robert De Niro is or something like right. that. You know, it's, somebody needs to become a student of you. And here's the thing. If men understood, if I'm going to her school, then she's going to mine. Right. So not only am I learning, but I'm teaching. So, And that's leadership or a part of it, an aspect of it. You learn the field. Can I ask you guys a question about <laughs> what you feel about lists having? Love them. You do love them. I love lists. I had a list. He had a dissertation, but yes. Yes. Uh, he made me write a list. I may have a dissertation, but go ahead. Yeah. No, he he made me write a list because he had one. Um, And he'll tell you his ex-wife, he showed her that list and she's like, oh, I might be able to. And he married her. And that was, you know, that sort of thing. For me, I never had a list. I just had, you know, superficial. He should love God and, you know, he should like be a good provider. You know, I think I might have had good kisser on there. Um, But like it was like very, very dumb when I was younger mm-hmm. as opposed to him he was like no I need to know like what you like because he was like if you like outdoor stuff that ain't me if you like going to sports football games that ain't me if you like and he just like literally and very brutally honest about what he wanted what he didn't want um and so he didn't tell me his what was on his list until I did my own and then we exchanged and one of the things that he had He's, you know, in the word, like he wakes up and goes to sleep listening to the word like that is that is him. Um, I was a worship leader and he literally on his list had that he wanted someone that could lead him in worship because that wasn't his strong suit. And so it was like, yeah, so we definitely had lists. Mine was not where anywhere near exhaustive. And I think we tell people like you do it to the level that you're comfortable yes right whatever is important to you and those things have to be important to you and so by the time I did mine for him it was all about safety it was all about security 
it, I mean, I'm short, but now that I'm like grown, I'm like, listen, he has to be tall. Like, and it was just like, oh, here you go. <laughs> These are the girls. How tall are you, Kenyon? Six, six foot. Uh, six, I'm six, six foot. foot. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, I'm again, I'm short, so that was just my thing. So five four would have done just fine. It wouldn't, because in high heels, I'm taller than you now. So like it five five. But I've I've been married to that. You know what I mean? So okay. it wasn't like it wasn't like I didn't have the experience. I just now I've always liked tall men. Yes. I've always I think the height thing is something just as a metaphor, but I've always settled for less. And so um, just saying. And so now I was just like, all right, listen, I'm grown. Remember, I didn't care if I got married again or not. And so it was That's such a powerful place to be though. Like yeah. I know that I'm wife material, but I'm also okay with the fact that if I don't get married again, I'm still gonna live a very fulfilled life. Mm-hmm. Very clear about that. But it does take the pressure off of even dating. And that's what I want people to know too. I'm like, hey, sir, this is a date. Like I'm not trying to be your wife, definitely not today or tomorrow. We need to go to school. Exactly. And learn exactly. each other. But that's not what this is. So you know, again, if you look me up, I think because of my, you know, public whatever, the assumption is quickly like, oh, she's looking for, for my, my child has a dad. Yeah. I don't, need you, I don't need you to be my child's daddy. <laughs> like, I don't need you to hurry up and try to come fill some role because I'm even just exploring and getting comfortable again with what Patrice likes. And that's where my list came from. I was mm-hmm. on a flight um, from New York to San Antonio, and I remember just, you know, talking to God, kind of praying, you know, on the ride to the airport. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, but you don't even know what you really want. You're still getting to know what you really like. This is um, about two months, two, three months after um, my separation. And I was like, yeah, because my first list when I was younger was very superficial. And I'm definitely not that woman anymore anyway. Mm -mm. So I started writing the list and I got it to about, Four or five things, and I was like, oh, I'm supposed to stop. Because I had seen Instagram ministry, something said, oh, you don't Jesus. need a list, and you you need to just put high-level things. And I felt the Holy Spirit go, uh, that was not for you. Mm-mm. You need to be clear, mm-hmm. and you write until you can't write anymore. That's it. And clear I concern. did. Yes. And it has been so helpful in the observation phase, especially the section for me around safety because mm-hmm. of what I've experienced. Mm-hmm. Um that if someone doesn't show up safe for me, there we there's no reason to go further. Like, if you doing all this in two and three and four weeks, like where this yeah. is, no, exactly. <laughs> absolutely, this not. is a, absolutely not. Um, but that list has been for me. It feels like a blessing, but I hear mixed things about it. No, it's 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 necessary. I believe um, the problem with lists is that again, people reject the idea of rejection. People try to avoid rejection. And so we're trying to make this a nice, safe place where everybody wins a prize. But a real prize, only one person wins. You see what I'm saying? Yes. And so lists are very important, but we got to learn how to do them. Make them long and strong. But then also identify what are maybes I can do without and what are surely, this is a, uh, this is, this is a showstopper right here, yeah. a deal breaker. But then also... Create a list for yourself of what do I have to be in order to have what I have on this list. I did that too. Look at you. Come on, we all related now. Look at you. I did that too. But that's exactly what we got to do. Yeah, and I think too, especially for women, um, 
when you've been in a relationship, and anybody really, but I'll speak from a woman's perspective, when you've been in a long-term relationship, um, especially if it was abusive or toxic in any way, realize that now you've shape-shifted into somebody completely different mm-hmm. too. And so everything that you even thought you liked when you were getting to know them has changed and it's different. Mm-hmm. You have effectively changed. And so now the list is nothing but you really learning to identify what you like now on the other side of your healing. Yes. And so like I'm literally the woman that I am today, I know that my ex-husband could not ever deal with. Mm-hmm. And I know that that person that who was back then, there's no way that I would have even married that person. Mm-hmm. And it's because I've taken the opportunity to get to know me again. I call it rediscovering yourself. And sometimes that happens while you're dating other people. Yeah. It's like you come home and it's like, oh, shoot, nope, don't want that. Let me add that to the list. No, and that's exactly. exactly what keeps happening. Which yeah. is why I enjoy it. So even my girlfriends, they're like, but is this a different one or is this the one? Like, no, that one taught me this. Yes. I collected the data. Exactly. <laughs> I yes. realized that was not a fit for me, but it helped me to refine my list even more. Mm. For example, you know, humor is a big thing for me. I like to have fun. I want to laugh and all that stuff. But, I, you know, I was talking to a guy and I realized um, all his humor was mean spirited. It was always at the expense of someone else. I didn't like mm. that. Yeah. So yes. I was like, oh, I need to refine this humor line. You yeah. Know? Like, and that really helped me continues to help me like go through the list but I did the same um you call it rediscovering yourself I did what I call an authentic alignment audit mm-hmm. and so I used my pillars but I went through every part of my life and really checked in with like now was this what you authentically like or is this what you started doing mm-hmm. and became a part of the routine because of that relationship mm-hmm. um and it a lot came out of that a lot, I mean, there were foods I stopped eating, not because I didn't like it, but because it wasn't, you know, yeah. like, we don't eat that here. Well, no, you don't like that. Right. right. Exactly. I'm going to eat it. Exactly. I'm going to eat it. But, like, there were just different things. And it's so subtle that you yes. can look up and go, wow, I haven't done this thing in 10 years, in 15 years, in 20 years. Not because I didn't like it. Not because it didn't bring me joy. But because it just wasn't a part of, you yep. know, the relationship, so it just kind of fell to the wayside. But those are things that I enjoyed. I genuinely enjoyed. So I started going through that in every area, and it was such a great discovery. It was rediscovering, mm-hmm. rediscovering myself, and discovering new things about myself. Like you don't like that girl. I done done all all types of things. Really, I mean, like jumping out of planes and stuff. Oh, I love the hair. By I the love way. I love my locks. I don't think that I would have locked my hair in my marriage. I just, I don't think I, I know would have done have. it. Yeah. Like, you know, um, just, I mean, all types of things. But it, it definitely has been. Yeah. I think, and I've moved from just self-awareness to soul awareness. There you go. Because there self-awareness go. is like, okay, I know. But for me, the soul awareness is also having the guts and the conviction to follow my spirit. To like, what is my spirit saying mm-hmm. versus what do I think your opinion of it is? Like that person who cares about what all y'all think, you know, for the first time, I remember when I was on the Steve Harvey show, Steve used to always say, do not read comments. Don't you read comments and don't you (laughs) respond to people. And so that has been like a big thing for me for years. Like, even if I know something is going viral or there's like a lot of action around it, I wouldn't go watch it. 
Really? Mm-mm. I wouldn't watch it. I would like, look, I think I halfway remember what I said. I said what I said. It is what it is. What you say doesn't matter. You know, and I just leave it alone. Um, but I find myself now, like, I feel so sure and confident in, like, your your opinion or your projection is yours. I'm not going to argue with you. But I do actually have fun replying to people. Like, <laughs> like I've never felt that way before, but it's something about that confidence, just that self-love of, like, I, I used to not sleep at night if someone left a bad comment. Mm. If someone said something, like, they don't understand. Like, Oh, were, yeah. I Seven years ago? Today? Yesterday? When some guy said in the comment, uh, he said... If you want a partner, ask your homegirl to start a business with you. Just something ignorant. And I said, do you realize that partnership is in the literal definition of marriage? I just, <laughs> I just right. sent him laughing emojis. I said, do you even realize that the word partnership is literally a part of the definition of marriage? You want to have a problem because I used partnership? partnership. But now I can laugh. I just like... <laughs> Uh, but he would have kept me up seven years ago. I'd be like, no, what I'm trying to say is. You know what I love about you, though, too, is, like, you can say, like, really, like, check you things with the most beautiful smile on your face. Yeah. Like, you can hand somebody their whole tail with the most beautiful smile. And I just want to say I love that about you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, the, uh, the show that I'm on on PBS is called Opportunity Knocks. And yeah. I go into people's. You know, we go into people's homes and help them, you know, break down and rebuild their finances. And one of the gentlemen, uh, Charles, in Lake Charles, Louisiana, I told him something. And he was like, <laughs> well, his, his wife was right next to him. He said, do you always tell people off and just keep smiling? I said, I do. <laughs> I do. I do. Because I'm saying it with love. Yeah, it's, it's love. love. It's love. It's all love. Okay, the last thing I have to be able to get to is... The video clip that you sent me, mm. and this was after that interview, Yep. and, you know, there was just all this commotion in the comments, and it was about you specifically talking about, uh, like, the challenges men have with ambitious women mm -hmm. and why you don't have that challenge with your wife, with Takara, and why you're so, like, proud of who she is. Can, can you just kind of share some of that clip? Sure. Just any thoughts around that. Okay, great, because I don't remember what it's I said. Fine. <laughs> but the idea is is that I am so confident in me that I don't have problems being threatened by her energy. Yes. Her energy is hers. She's a whole person. She's a whole individual by herself. None of that threatens me. Actually, I receive it. I embrace it because it brings out certain things in me. I use Takara, Takara as almost a a way to see what I'm not and to see what I need as well as to see what she needs and what, what she's what she isn't. Having being threatened by someone else's ambition, all it says is that you don't have enough. Or it all or, or it says that you feel bad that you don't have enough. Mm. You feel bad that you don't fit into their frame. And everybody wants to fit into somebody's frame. It's unfortunate if you don't. They can they can be whoever they want. All I know is that when it comes to the car, she could be as big as she likes. She's still mine. Woo! Well, yes. well. And I'll tell you, because he's so modest with it, too. 
uh, well, that that was very bold. So no, but I think Manas was like just who he is as a man because, you know, I probably since I've hit my thirties, I've always made more than the men that I dated. Um, and he was the first person I was just like, well, listen, I ain't making money like that. Like, <laughs> like he was like, that's just not me. And so he was like, but let me tell you, this is who I am. And this is what, you know, I'm trying to do. And this is, and so he always had a plan. He always had a goal and trajectory that he was getting to. It was never like, you know, I'm going to kick my heels up. Then you make all the good money. I'm going to just kick my heels up and not do nothing. Mm -hmm. That's never been something he's been comfortable with ever. Even if he doesn't provide as much money as I do, he's still going to provide. Yes. And that's the thing. Like it was and provision is not just financial. It's not just financial. And so when we just got, when we got started, like, basically I asked him to trust me with his words. I was like, we're going to write this book. Trust me with your words. And so really he cashed out his 401k, handed it to me and was like, all right, cool. I was like, all right, now you go write the book. Let me do this over here. We had an agreement. Like why I, why you build that, you know, as far as like all the written content and a lot of the stuff from our social media and things like that, it's really Kenyon. Like Kenyon is really the brainchild behind a lot of the, the written content that we put out in terms of like social media and stuff like that's, that's really, you know, the soul ties detox book. Like that was Kenton. And so he gave me, you know, that money and was like, all right, I'm gonna be over here and write. And like, and he trusted me with his money. Mm -hmm. Then he trusted me with his gift and was like, okay, but still did we go through rough patterns where he was just like, I don't like just write it. Like if I don't have a clock to punch, entrepreneurship was not his thing. He's like, I don't have a clock to punch. I don't really know what to do. And it, we did. That's where we have fights. It wasn't because I'm not making enough money and you need to respect me. Cause no, it was like, I need to know that I am contributing to a bigger purpose. And so that's how our partnership really formed is that it was like, all right, you trust me. And he's coming to me. So I had to be transparent. Here's what's going on with the money. Here's what's this right here. Cool. All right, I'm gonna be. I'm still writing. Get these books out, like, and so that's literally how we began to grow and build. And you know, for as unconventional as it was, I was making bulk of the money to begin with, and then as you know, everything. And now he's like at a place where like things are taking over, and now part of his resolve now was like, all right, I'm about to retire you. So like, and so now he day trades and like does all that too to you know supplement other um, the book sales and stuff. And he's just like, I'm about to retire you because now this is the shift of the partnership. Yeah. This is not now I'm, I'm able to now pay you back what you did for us in the beginning of all of this. And there's never been a, 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 a tug of war of power, a tug of war of, of position in the home or anything. He's still the leader. He's still the head. He's still the man. If you call me today and say, can I do this? Let me ask my husband. Yeah. Like, and it's, so it's never, nothing has ever changed our dynamic. He's just always been constant in who he is. And it's allowed us, I don't think we would have been able to build. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you're, you can, you can attest to this. When you have big dreams and visions as a woman and you have a man who doesn't know who he is, he's going to hold you back. He's going to pull your coattail like and be like, nope, you get back here. Where you think you're going without me as a face of this? And for him, it was never like that. It's just always been like, all right, here's the table. How are we going to put it together? Just go. I love I love all of that because one of the things that came out of the comments from that clip with Anthony O'Neill was, well, she's looking for someone with all this money. I said to someone who said anything about money. No, I said right. he needs to have a vision. 
All I said was you need to have a vision. Right. I didn't say anything about money. And as a matter of fact, in the episode, Anthony asked me if they needed to make a certain dollar amount. Right. And I was like, no, I don't. That That's not it for me. Do you have a vision? Do you have something that I can, like, get behind and be excited about and mm-hmm. partner with you on? And partner meaning, like, yes, contribute. Like, you had the words, but you had to market it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's it. That's the partnership because you can have words all day. But if we exactly. don't get it out in the marketplace, you go into your grave with those words. Exactly. Or they be on Facebook for other people to steal, which was what happened. Oh, or they on Facebook. <laughs> right. Not being monetized. Right. 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 Yeah. She still gets on me for that. And that's, ex- and that's the thing. But that's the beauty. That's the beauty of some what I would like to do. Yeah. With a partner. I'm Absolutely. not saying that they need to have all this stuff and do all the things. That That's not it at all. But what matters to me most is the safety. Absolutely. Can I trust you? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Most of them you can't. Insecurity will always show itself in criticism. Oof. And so whatever they think you said or whatever they felt you said is really their insecurity saying, I don't, I don't have a chance. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So it's, it's not a money issue. It's just, again, it's always a leadership issue. Men be leaders. And, it doesn't mean that you have to, it's not dictatorship. It's a servant leadership. Mm-hmm. And that's that. But not a lot of people in this world today, not a lot of people have come to the understanding of what that looks like, both men and women. Mm-hmm. And so they keep making the same old choices, which makes them the majority, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. And I love that you said earlier when you talked about your former spouse, you said you looked at some things that you said for yourself, never again. Yeah. And that's absolutely, that's where I am too. Just absolutely. never again. Very clear. No, not, not doing that. <laughs> no. Nope. Yeah. Learn my lesson. Learn like, my wrote lesson. The book. I got a book, t-shirt, <laughs> visor, like what yeah. else? Um, wow. You guys are so inspiring. Thank, you really thank are. You. Like because of your example, I fully feel that what I desire is possible. It is. Oh, it is. absolutely. You know, absolutely. and that I'm not just saying it because sometimes you can say it but not necessarily have the example, but it's something when you see an example you're like, "Uh-uh. You see how can you look at the car? <laughs> I know what it's supposed to look like." Like, yeah. and I really appreciate your transparency and um, your Instagram page, which is Ask the Martins. Mm-hmm. Yes. At Ask the Martins. Um, before I let you guys go, I want to ask you our redefining wealth rapid wisdom questions we oh. ask okay. everyone these questions at the end of an episode um Takara first and Kenyon and just tell us the first thing that comes to mind all okay. right so how do you define success um and I, no I'm playing go ahead <laughs> <laughs> I feel like happiness like success to me is is just being happy and content with where you are doesn't have a level to it happiness I was going to say the same exact thing, like literally, but we're like that. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay, let's do the next one. Let's see. How do you define wealth in three words or less? Mm. Security. Ooh. Ooh, security and provision. That's three words. Good job. Enough. Um, okay. <laughs> Good. I like it. 
Uh, what's one book that has helped you redefine wealth for yourself? Um, first of all, I am not going to pretend like I am a wealth person. So let's get that Remember, out wealth there. Wealth is holistic here. It so. is. It is. So I would say um, maybe you should talk to someone by um, Lori Gottlieb. It's a book about therapy. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, um, I love that. But it's it was one of the most transformational books that I've ever written. Re- sorry, read. I apologize. Um, about just the different journeys of life and how people ended up where they are and the different things that you know make up the the construct of a person. Love it. And it was amazing. Yeah, and that's going to impact your finances in mm-hmm. one way or another. So love it. Yes. Seven um, Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen, Stephen Covey. Covey. Yep. Got it. Love it. And I don't know how I forgot the last one. I'm just so, oh, we're filling in the blank. Yes. I've only been doing this almost six years. Don't worry. Um, You're going to fill in the blank. My name is, and for me, the truth about wealth is. My name is Takara. And for me, the truth about wealth is it's what you define it to be for you. No one size fits all. My name is Kenyon. And for me, the truth about wealth is peace. Love it. Thank you guys so much for being here. I appreciate you. I'm so glad I got you out of the house. (laughs) Um, This was awesome. Where can people find the book in particular? You know what? Just tell us about the Soul Ties Detox. I really wanted to get to that, and I have no idea how I let this whole hour go by and not. Okay. Um, but no, tell us about the Soul Ties Detox. Yeah, the Soul Ties Detox is our book. Um, it's a six-week program, um, book and audio book, where it takes you from heartbreak to wholeness. And it walks you through how you got here into this place of brokenness and broken relationships. And then the people that have made that up all the way from your childhood And then it takes you on into forgiveness and freedom. And it literally is almost 300 pages of exercises and work that you do week by week. And it gets heavy and deep to uncover that. And, you know, for our super safe folks here, it'll be like, soul ties ain't in the Bible. We know. We trademarked it because we wanted to own it and redefine it for what it meant for us. And so, no, soul ties is not in the Bible. But when we started getting people reaching out to us like I got a soul tie I got a soul tie we found ourselves arguing with people about a definition than giving them the help that they were crying for and so we were like listen fine soul ties let's do it and we wrote the book the soul ties detox based on what we came to understand the psychology of how we form bonds and what happens when those bonds are broken that is so good. And the truth is you have to meet people where they are and mm-hmm. what they're asking for. Yes. And even with redefining wealth, people think that they're coming to a finance podcast and then they get all of this stuff and they're like, I didn't even know. Yeah. I needed to hear all these things. But it's very intentional mm-hmm. the way um, that redefining wealth is even listed. But because I know that money or wealth building is so much more than just talking about budgets and credits, credit reports. You're going to come thinking you're going to get that, but then I'm going to give you what God told me yes. I need to do in the world, and you'll get all this other stuff. And so I get it. I think that's awesome. So the Soul Ties Detox, and we can get that where? At thesoultiesdetox.com. Awesome. You guys, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Lovely. 
Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Redefining Wealth. I hope you were so blessed by the Martins. If you haven't written your list, write it, your dissertation. If that's what you feel led to do. Um, and if you want to do the Soul Ties Detox, remember you can go to thesoultiesdetox.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also follow the Martins at Ask the Martins on Instagram uh, to get some of their amazing, amazing content. Um, I appreciate you guys so much for being here. You can find me on Instagram at SeekWisdomPCW. And until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment, and earn more without ever feeling like you have to be someone who chases money. Until next time, talk to you later.